What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We're talking about the season finale of The Last of Us, which almost seems like it cannot be true. We've already gotten through nine episodes of this show. We are on a perfect five for five streak from both Rob and I. Does the season finale keep that trend alive or does it slip? That's what we're here to talk about today. And surprisingly, the season finale is the shortest episode of the entire series. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Were they able to successfully end this season on a high note? Rob, welcome back. You know, for something that is the shortest episode, not getting any, you know, not getting too deep right now, it certainly did not feel like it to me. Uh, it didn't feel like this episode ended any sooner than it should have. Um, I thought there was really good pacing throughout this, but it was surprising that this is the shortest episode of the entire series. You know, you said that, and I think I actually knew that, but somehow didn't believe it while I was watching. I was like, there's no way. There's just no way. And we, I think we had talked about it last week because there was so much story they needed to tell in this final episode. I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. And yet, uh, so we, uh, we recorded an episode prior to this for uh, the second episode of the third season of Mandalorian. So I've had a little bit of distance between when I finished the episode that aired tonight and when we get a chance to talk about it. I'm fairly certain my heart is still racing from watching this like i'm pretty sure it's like you know ulti energy that's a wonderful sponsor of the show i feel like i've just like chugged a whole jar of their stuff and that's what i'm doing right now yeah you know the funny thing is as you mentioned that we you know we were joined by harrison on the basement binge for the second episode of the mandalorian and we cert certainly talked about some of the downfalls of that episode and, and maybe just in general of what we're seeing so far. But the funny thing is, is we're talking about this episode now and it's been about what, an hour and 15 minutes, maybe more since the episode has ended for us. Like that's the amount of time in between our viewing and, and yeah. us talking about it, right? Pretty close. As we're talking about it, and I'm saying we're here to talk about The Last of Us season finale, I am my body is on a rush. Like talking about this with you. Sorry, Harrison, if you're listening to this, this is not an <laughs> this is no disrespect <laughs> to you. Like I I feel a lot more like chipper talking about this um and what this episode rep represented, what this show has represented over nine episodes. I, I just, I cannot think of a show, especially again, I mean, I'm just going to say it for a video game adaptation, which normally usually are terrible on every level. Um, you know, certainly we've had some, some hits, but when you look over the long history of video game adaptations, they are not done well. They're not well received. Um, they're usually in the so bad they're good categories. Like they're used for a laugh um, or on a, a lesson on how that good. Right. Or they're used as a lesson how you don't do things. Um, this is for me, this is now the benchmark. If you are going to look at a property and say, we want to take this over, you have to figure out 
what The Last of Us did, and you have to try and replicate it. You have to get, you know, the God of War series that's coming to Amazon. You have to get the people that were involved. You almost have to, from what it looks like this show, give them the reign. And, you know, like, I don't know this to be fact, but again, did HBO say, okay, we're giving you this money. We're going to trust you. We're not going to micromanage. Is that part of the reason why this show's so good? Or is this just that rare mix of this is just the perfect property to adapt? Because this episode, I am not ashamed to admit that like, I was physically drained, emotionally drained the entire episode. As soon as it started, it was just all of my emotions were just there. Um, and that's because of the performance of Pedro Pascal. That's because of the performance of Bella Ramsey. It's just everything. Um, I- I'll let you start to kind of talk about that. Cause I, I- I've been going on here for a minute, but God, does, th- does this just start off with just pulling me right in? Well, even with just the opening recap, you know, kind of that previously on, I'm already feeling like my eyes are watering a little bit just watching that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy to think about that. And I watched that. You could have skipped that. I know what happened previously, but I wanted to watch it. Yeah. I I wanted to hurt again is what I really needed. I just needed to to feel that hurt for whatever reason. What does that say about me? I don't know. Yeah. Man, what? What a way to open this episode. And do you skip the intro? I'm sorry. Do you, do you skip the intro with the music? No, because I, I actually dig kind of the, the guitar music. I That's I, the thing, too. I can't skip this. I've never skipped one intro on this show. Yeah, I haven't done it. I do sort of think the opening credits is maybe a little derivative. We've kind of seen that sort of look like Game of Thrones did it. Um, Black Sails did it. There's some other shows that have done an uh that that intro package like that but the the music is so beautiful and when you get into the second game the the acoustic guitar does play a little bit more of a role in it so i think that's just a little bit of foreshadowing i might be looking too far into it that might be a little nod to those of us who have played both games but just the fact that the way that this thing opens and we get to see ellie's mom and we get to see ellie being given birth to on what what an opening, just what a way to just, we already know we're going to get punched in the gut. And then to start this off, we just get need right in the solar plexus to start this thing before we take more shots later on. I I love that they got so many of the voice cast from the game to appear. And for those who don't know, I think that's pretty much everybody who's, who's listening to this probably knows, but um uh, Ashley Johnson, who is Ellie's voice actor, uh, played uh, the character of Ellie's mom in this. So she kind of it's kind of cool that this actress gets to give birth to Ellie kind of twice in, in some way, kind of gives birth to that character. What what a just a, a stomach turning opening. It was absolutely amazing. Can I also say and, and maybe again, maybe this is just my mind projecting what I want to see. I all I saw was just the resemblance. Like yes. yeah, this is what Ellie's mom would look like. Yeah. 100%. Like the the way that you know the Bella Ramsey and her look in this show as Ellie 
Um, because it's it, it is there's a a difference between the video game model and Bella Ramsey. You know, there there's a ton of similarities, but there is a difference. But it, I was just like amazed at like holy crap, like that genuinely feels like that's in a way too like that looks like Bella Ramsey older almost. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was such a um what a heartwarming uplifting series this has been. Just all <laughs> all cheer and sunshines and happiness and just people going out of their way to be good to each other. It's just <laughs> yeah, it, unbelievable, right? Yeah, and I, boy, I tell you, you sit there and you you talk about the power of nonverbal communication. And the opening of this episode, you know, not just, you know, us seeing Ellie actually being born, but just how distracted she is in the beginning and her, you know, Joel trying to talk to her um, on a long list of great performances that these two have put in through eight episodes leading into this, this might be the best out of all of them. And that's saying a lot. Cause again, we've rated this show absolutely perfect through eight episodes. This was the perfect culmination of all the emotions that I felt in this show. I just, I could not believe Again, right from the start, like I literally like my eyes felt welled up immediately with this happening. You know, you said it from the opening, you know, previously on The Last of Us, this just I I just oh, my God, I, I was I'm almost speechless in a way of how this episode has made me feel. The scene I think you're referring to is where Joel finally shares the story with Ellie about the guy who shot at him and missed. And it, it's such a powerful scene. And the way that I kind of interpreted that, it really came across to me, at least, that very clearly, that this is one of those family dynamics where the words, I love you, are communicated and not spoken. Mm-hmm. That's that was my big takeaway from that scene. And you could see it in both of them. It was kind of like I, they both wanted to s- express that to each other, but wouldn't be the first one to say it. And I don't mean that in like the, a, a, a creepy romantic way. I don't mean that at all. But just yeah. just that 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 different level of of care from one person to another that you can't express any other way. There's so many the times that that happens, though. Yes. And neither of them said it, but they both communicated it. They just were afraid to say it. Yeah. It's such an amazing scene. And, you know, she says, you know, he's like, you're probably wondering why I'm telling you this. I know why you're telling me. I reckon you do. Oh, I guess time heals all wounds. It wasn't time that did it. You know, I'm not going to get into anything else that happens that scene. But when she's talking about we have to, you know, we have to go all the way with this. Um, after that, I, I, I'm paraphrasing cause I can't remember the exact line, but I'll follow you wherever you go. And then they just stare at each other for a second. 
like there, yeah. there's so many nonverbal, like I love yous, and every one of them hits you. Like, you know, they finally just both realize, you know, and she said it and things like that. But you know, this is almost this is the culmination of them finally really saying it to each other really face to face. Like, well, not saying it, but non-verbally, like we said, but this is them finally both admitting in a way that they hadn't in the previous episodes that, yes, like, I need you and you need me. We're not splitting up. And think about the pain that each of them have gone through. Who do either of them have? You know, Mm -hmm. Joel has Tommy. But that relationship is very strained. That relationship is not what it was before the outbreak. They were likely very close at that point, but since then it's strained. They only have each other and they've only ever lost anyone that they've ever had any kind of closeness with. So the fear of admitting that you care for this person is so great that it adds that extra layer of difficulty in saying those words and expressing those words and having to admit to themselves as much as to the other person that that feeling is real is so complex. And it's so amazing to see these two actors give us that moment on screen Um, might be one of the, might be the highlight of this series. Maybe, maybe it's that scene. That's, that's truly the highlight. If you had to summarize what their story is about, what this series is about, it might be that moment. Yeah. And again, this, this show, there's been certain pieces, but especially this episode, you know, this show is not about action. This show is driven by dialogue. It's driven by visual, um, you know, those things, you know, the, the horde, you know, sweeping in and, and killing everybody, um, in what was that episode? Was that seven? Uh, seven was left behind. Uh, six is where they come out of the, where they come out of the hole. Is that is that episode six where they just over where they overrun when they're trying to escape and they're getting hunted down? Uh, no, it no. is five. OK, well, so like, you know, like that certainly adds like that scene is fantastic, but that's not what the show is driven by at all. Th- this show is driven by the dialogue, by the interaction. And it just it's so well done. And if you look back, like some of the very best shows that I've ever watched are not driven by action. They're driven by the story. And this is just this story again for, for somebody who has never played the video game. Cause that's how we reviewed all these episodes. We talked about it. You're watching this for the first time. You know, nothing about this story. What is there to not, what is there to not root for? Like, how could you not root for these two people? Uh, Absolutely. And you think about 
what the actual game. So yes, we we've been reviewing this as though the game, you know, we didn't play it. It didn't exist in terms of we're just taking the show for what it is, but it really, the reason why the game stands out is because of the story. Mm-hmm. The, the, ele- the, the horror elements certainly stand out to me and they're really well done. The graphics, the kind of the, the setup, the theme, just kind of how these infected exist. Like that's all cool and, and an interesting idea, but they've not gone and made, a splinter cell movie yet. And that's no. kind of how the gameplay works. It's very much like splinter cell. It's very stealth action. It's not a lot of open gunfights. I mean, there are some times where that happens, but it's much more cover based, you know, particularly when you run into infected, you try to be as sneaky as possible, throwing bricks, misdirection. It's about, uh, searching and, and exploration and finding those little secret areas that give you the upgraded parts so you can build your guns up better and things like that. And we didn't see any of that crafting element here. And what was interesting, something you said just a little bit ago, Matt kind of occurred to me this week. This is not a show about action. How many in like actual infected have we seen? We've seen kind of the aftermath, but we haven't really seen that many moments where the infected were that the major problem. Mm-hmm. We saw one clicker, really. There was one that that episode really towards the beginning where we had the clicker, and that was just incredibly well done. We saw the bloater briefly, and it really didn't pose a true threat to our heroes. It really just took out some NPCs and, and didn't really <laughs> affect our heroes. But the bloater really wasn't the focus. It, it was shown on screen for maybe 10 seconds total of screen time. The The show focused on... on the story and not the action, not the horror elements that were really a, a large part of the game. And for whatever reason, it never really occurred to me until sometime last week, as I was thinking about the season finale coming up and realizing like, wow, this, there really wasn't that much action. Mm-hmm. And I like, don't care. Like that was fine. Like I, I would in my heart of hearts, you know, when we maybe we'll cover this a little bit more and we get to the end, what would we have changed or done differently? Would I have maybe liked to have had a longer season that had maybe some more action in it? Sure. But not at the expense of compromising the story that they told. Yeah, no, I I think that's a really good point that, you know, yeah, would it have been cool to see? I, I would have trusted had they added that, but I also trust the fact that, you know, the producers of this show, they stuck to what they wanted to do. And this is what we like. This is what we got. We got what I consider just absolute peak entertainment. And again, for when I say entertainment, I mean, who wants to feel like this? Like not for nothing. No, <laughs> like no offense, but who like, why do we want to feel like this? Because there are times like, again, this show made me laugh hysterically. Sometimes it really yes. did. Like, but who, who wants to feel the way that this show made you feel, but in a, in a funny way, it's, it's a good, it's, it's a good feeling. You know, you know, they say there's there's such a thing as like happy tears. Um, Like, I'm happy that a show provided this much emotion for me. 
like regardless of the fact that I sat there and was like, like literally I cried during this episode. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, thank yeah. you for pulling all of these emotions out of me. Even just the moments where she's reading out of the joke book again and has the, you know, the apocalypse joke and, and she says too soon. He's like, nah, too topical. Like it's just yep. such a great moment. And, and you have to do so many things right to make that moment land the way that it does. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of a moment landing, like it was one of the biggest things, um, you know, from the video game, cause this is not talking you know, this is not kind of betraying how we've done these reviews is Rob. You're probably going to guess what I'm going to say. Oh, you're going to talk about the giraffes. L- yeah. Probably one of the biggest moments of the game when that first happens. I, Oh, like, come on. Like what? It's a freaking giraffe. Why does it do that? Like, why does it make you feel that way? Like there's just, there's something so, beautiful and so pure and so normal in a world that is anything but normal. And they get to have this moment where it it's almost like everything outside of that box doesn't exist for them in that moment. And it's such a beautiful thing. It was one of the most iconic moments from the game. And I sort of assumed as I was thinking about this series, you know, before it it went on air, what are some of the things that I assume they're going to probably include? And this was one of the things that I assumed they would probably do because it is so iconic Mm -hmm. to the game. And one of the things that people continue to talk about. So even though I assumed we were getting it and I assumed as soon as she took off running that we were getting it. Wow. Even when you expect it. Even when you expect it to be good. It, could, it still exceeded my expectations. Yeah. And, and that's what has driven this show for me throughout is the fact that I knew the journey. I, I knew the end destined for the most part, because there were still some questions about, okay, where does this end? Like where, like where does season one actually end? Like, you know, but well, what's the phrase? It, it's ah, shoot, something about like, it's not about the destiny. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey to it. Right. You know, like we knew where the destination was taking us, but that wasn't like, it was the ride that was important. And, and that's what has just captivated me about this show is I know what we were doing. I knew what to expect. So for me, I'm just like talking to the people that haven't played the video game. It's just, it's so fun to hear them talk about this and the experience that they've had, you know, but knowing that somebody like me or you who knows it never for me, it never took away. It never take away. It took away from like my astonishment, my wonder, my joy, my sadness, knowing what was going to happen. And that's rare. Like, I don't if you know that tomorrow you're going to get punched in the face. You're not going to like you're probably not going to go to that spot. Like, why would you willingly just walk there and get punched in the face? But like with this, you know. 
metaphorically speaking, I knew I was going to get punched in the face. And I was like, all right, yeah, hit me. Like, (laughs) yeah, like it's just, you feel like you're in fight club. I want you to hit me right as hard as you can. Yeah. It's, it was just, it was unbelievable. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds you of that meme that goes around from the office. I'm ready to hurt again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, I, I am. I, I was literally hurting in the best way through this entire episode. And even just the way this episode ends is it's beautiful and it's sad at the same time because of what has to happen and what Joel has to do to get to the end of this episode and what he has to say to Ellie or what he chooses to say to Ellie. There's so many amazing moments to get to that point. And to me, I think it even kind of starts these, the, you know, we get this beautiful moment with the giraffes, we get their, their conversation and then the, as they're walking, we get this incredible, there's some amazing cinematography in this episode. Oh, God. And I want to specifically start my first call out on the cinematography with the, the moment where we see kind of the militia guys in the background, but they're not in focus. And just the two of them are together having their conversation and, and, and you're like tense and terrified on their behalf, but you just want to be like, guys behind you, look behind you, you know? And it's, it's this unbelievable moment, so well shot and so well storyboarded. Um, and that's kind of where things really start to get interesting here. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I literally like in my head was like, Oh my God, look out, look out, look out. Uh, um, but you know, then you get into, okay. Joel wakes up. He asks where Ellie is. And you know, then Again, like I sit there and I'm I'm looking forward to talking to other people who didn't know what was going to happen and what their reaction is when the realization comes about that, okay, they're going to kill Ellie in order to see if this cure is going to work. You know, I, I just... For because I know how it hit me knowing that this is what they were going to tell Joel. I, I just I'm insanely curious to somebody who didn't know, like, what was that like? Like, wait, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you're going to kill? Like the realization that you're you're going to kill her and just, you know, Joel's. You know, like just his his controlled rage in that moment of just, no, you, you bring me to her right now, you know, like, Oh, it's God. He's so and, good. He's, the extra he's so layer good. Of, oh, he is. And that extra layer of complexity for Marlene where yes. in the world of the show, she had to kill Ellie's mom and was her best friend and made this promise, made this commitment to a dying woman to take care of her. I think that extra layer that they added just made it so much more compelling and drew me in just even deeper and deeper. Yeah, it's yeah, that that extra layer, you know, where she does and it that's a very cliched 
line, I believe. I, I, I do believe it's very cliched of, you know, don't tell me you know what I'm going through. It, that can be used a lot. But I did, you know, with this, I did actually agree with her. You know, he's like, you know, she's like, if like, I do understand because, yeah, I made a promise. You know, to this person that I was going to take care of her, and now I have to make this difficult decision for the great, you know, for what could be the greater good to go back on my word, so to speak. Um, but in a way also too, you know, and I'm not, again, like I'm just, this is something that I'm saying when Joel is getting her out of there and she says, you're not going to be able to protect her forever. You know, what happens when she gets torn apart or what happens when she gets killed by Raiders? Like in a way in her mind too, she's thinking, okay, eventually like I'm still taking care of her in a manner of speaking by doing this, because it's probably a matter of time before somebody else might do something far worse to her. And she's going to be awake. She's going to feel it. I mean, she certainly already experienced someone trying to do something horrific to her in the last episode. Yep. Um, but again, it's such an interesting dynamic. You know, Marlene is compartmentalizing the terrible thing that she has to do by convincing herself that it's the humane thing to do mm -hmm. that it's better to do it this way she she will die knowing that she is saving hu humanity and she will do it peacefully with no pain she yeah she doesn't even she doesn't even know she, like the way that they're doing it like ellie doesn't even know she's gonna die yep she's like, just gonna shuffle off and not wake up and that'll be the end of it and and she won't have any potential to have these terrible things. Happen. Yeah. Like she went, you know, she's like, we didn't scare her. We didn't say anything. And again, like, are we sitting here saying like, oh, that's very like, oh, how sweet of you. Like you didn't startle her. You didn't scare her. You just said, hey, you know, everything like it's just routine. Like this is what we have to do. But like, yeah, like, you know, Ellie goes into that room after she wakes up and we never see that. But thinking, you know, like she said to Joel, like we have to do this all the way. Like this can't be for nothing. Like she's going there thinking I'm, I'm going to help everybody, but I'm going to be a part of this. Like I'm yeah. going to get to see this. And she's probably going in that room. And before she goes under with, you know, maybe almost like the greatest feeling in the world. Like how many people could say that they have the opportunity to maybe save the entire human race? Exactly. And kind of something I had just really started thinking about as we're talking about this, thinking about that conversation between Marlene and Joel, Marlene doesn't know the journey Joel's been through. She doesn't know both the physical demands, mm -hmm. the emotional journey that he's been on and the new place that he's at with Ellie when last she saw Joel, he was the kind of person that would regard Ellie as cargo and nothing more. That's yeah. everything she, she has every reason to believe that Joel is still in that mindset that that's a hundred percent pointing a gun at her. 
one hundred percent. And and he's a hard man who doesn't care, who doesn't have emotions. He cares for Tess. That's the end of his list. As far as people that she knows, he actually gives a damn about. She doesn't have a reason to suspect that he's about to go on a rampage like we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And who there are a few things more dangerous than a determined man with nothing to lose because if Joel loses Ellie, he truly has lost everything and everyone. And if he dies in the process, he's okay with that. Yep. It doesn't matter to him because if he doesn't accomplish his mission, he will have lost everything. And that will be his final reason to keep going. And there is nothing more dangerous. Yeah. And you know, she says it too, where, you know, you're the last person that I wanted to be in debt to. And that's not, you know, it's also because she knows Joel, like you said, is the guy who will do whatever it takes to accomplish his mission. And, you know, I'm sure she's probably known about some horrific things that he's done um, in the past. But, you know, it's not like, oh, you're the last person I wanted to be in debt to because I don't like you. It's like, you're the last person I wanted to be in debt to because if I don't deliver, I've seen the things that you've done. Like, I don't I don't want to be the person that doesn't deliver when I owe you something because he's not the kind of person that she wants holding a marker of hers. Yes, yes. And it's just boy, that that whole scene when he goes to get Ellie and the way that they the way that they do the score in that Mm. scene. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, I, I, I have goosebumps right now talking about this like they went they went with what would have been conventional and they toss it out the window because mm -hmm. the conventional action scene would have been fine here i would have enjoyed it you would have enjoyed it everyone listening to this would have enjoyed it if they just went with the conventional action scene but the gunfire was muted the volume of the score was turned up the score was was a quiet sort of contemplative score it wasn't Mm -hmm. guitars and action and explosions and it was very stylized and so much more effective i mean kudos to whoever just made that that decision you know what i i I likened it to and i was thinking about this um a little bit during it and then once it was over my mind just immediately started you know thinking um and i have a lot of problems with this movie but the way that they decided to shoot this action scene with the sounds that they used um, or lack thereof in certain parts, I kind of compared it to the um, the decision in The Dark Knight Rises to the only thing that you heard when Batman fights Bane the first time. The only thing you hear is them hitting each other. There's no musical score to it. There's nothing. And I thought that was much more effective than having scores in the background or anything. It was just them fighting. And you all you heard was like fist hurting uh, fist hitting flesh. I, I kind of compared what they did here with that. Now, I think this was way more effective, um, but I felt like it was kind of like in the same grouping where doing less was way more for this scene. And almost you could say that about this entire series. 
when they had the opportunity to choose something traditional, they almost, it's almost as though somebody in the, in the writing room was tasked with anytime we start to go in the direction of what's expected, it's your responsibility to say, slow down, stop. What if we didn't? Yeah, no, it, it definitely, yeah, it was that person that said, hey, we're, we're getting a little bit too much into over-the-top territory. Let's, let's pull back a little bit. Let's keep it a smaller scope. Let's not spin the wheel too fast. You know, let, let's, let's stay the course. There, there's no reason to, to do anything different right now. Um, but yeah, just that whole ending scene. But again, once, once he's out of there and I, I, again, I do like the fact too, I just, this sound it sounds so bad, but again, in the context of what we're watching, how he just takes out the doctor, like, I'm not going to let you take her. Got no done for you. Yeah. Boom. Done. But again, like, because there's do the with that scalpel, honestly, like, what right, do you think yeah. you going to do? <laughs> um, You've got a crazy person with a gun. You're a doctor with a scalpel. <laughs> right. But then he's not going to hurt the nurses, you know, but he also then realizes, um, okay, well, there's still one more person that I'm going to have to take care of. And the decision that he has to do that again is just, I think it's just such a, an interesting psychological look into Joel um, that he makes that decision because, you know, like he says, you'll just keep like, you'll still come after her. As, as long as Ellie's out there, you're going to come after her. And I can't have that. Cause I don't think he wants to do that. It's not like he wants to, but he has to. Before we get to that, there's this uh, there's this other shot that just really struck me, and it's the elevator door opening, and the camera's inside the elevator, and the as the door opens, it just slowly reveals Joel carrying Ellie, mm. and that's oh geez, I'm getting goosebumps just kind of talking about it. Such a beautiful shot. He runs into Marlene, and you know, kind of realizes. That, that, that that's right, that he does have to do and And to be honest, you know, she's, she's the leader. She's probably a little more clued in. It's unclear how many other fireflies or however many other people at this facility are aware of what is special about her and why and what they're doing altogether. You know, it, it's unclear, but how many people did he have to take out to get out of there? Right. Holy cow. And again, just singular purpose, mission driven, Nothing was going to stand in his way. Nothing was going to stop him full on rampage. Um, it kind of reminded me and and the game version of this kind of has always reminded me too of the kind of the final assault in 28 days later, where he comes back and he's, it's like raining and he's got to save uh, the, the girls and get out of there. Uh, kind of reminds me of that. It's just another all time great rampage climax of, 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 of film or, or show. Yeah, it's man, it's so good. 
that like you said that shot of the elevator door is opening but again you just i i feel so bad you know she's she asks him like swear to me that what you said about the fireflies is true because he you know when she wakes up and he tells her like you're okay you're safe you're with me um so before that though because oh, she, go ahead she marlene kind of says to him because the they, they kind of cuts back and forth in time a little bit so yes she says to him it's not too late and then the next scene we just see joel driving quietly mm-hmm. and i'd be curious to hear from listeners because i know in the game i went well wait did he did he leave like when I played the, I was like, did he, did he really leave? And then you get the shot of her in the back seat. They recreated that in the show. I'd be curious to hear from listeners. Um, if they actually thought for a moment, did Joel, did Joel leave her behind? Did he actually do that? Well, one thing that, um, Brandon and I, while we were watching this, we said to each other very quickly, we said, what if they completely flip this on its head? Right. And they did do that. Like, what if they're going to completely flip what we know about this series and he does leave her? Like, I for a split second, I did think that that maybe this show was going to completely go in a whole different direction. Um, But then, yes, you you do go. So, yeah, I am curious too. like people who don't know where you like. No, like, you know, I wonder if there was that person that was like, how could you effing leave her? You son of a, like, yeah. <laughs> you just killed like 37 people to save her. Right. Um, because yeah, like, again, like the way that he looked when, you know, when she does, when she says it, it's not too late. Um, okay. So you have another doctor, you have another facility, you, you know, does he sit there and does he think, okay, maybe d- does this have to happen? Um, I don't think he ever questions it. I, I think it's more to kind of, it's it's more to have Marlene let her guard down um, so that he can, you know, shoot her. Because um, look, moral argument notwithstanding, she makes a compelling point. Right. That, this, that Ellie would have wanted this. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I, that's, again, she, you know, when she asked him is what you're telling me the truth. Did, did this not, you know, did it not work? There's more like me. They've given up on trying to find this cure. Um, you know, what, what does that mean to her? And just, I, I will say for me too, ending on that shot was perfect. It really was like, I, I don't know of any other way I wanted this to end. It, it ended exactly the way I wanted it as well. And it's been a little bit since I've played the game. I remember that moment from the game and, and they did another phenomenal, uh, <sighs> almost shot for shot, like recreation of it, which was again, like we have always said, I didn't need that, but they did it anyways. And they crushed it. Yeah. Um, as I was finishing the game and they have this scene there and Joel says, Oh yeah, totally. Uh, it's just hundreds of people like you or, or whatever, the, whatever that line is. I 
wasn't sure if Ellie believed him or not, but I was maybe like 65, 35. She believed him to not believed him in, mm-hmm. the, in the version of it. We see in the game in the show. I'm pretty sure Ellie knew he was lying. Yes. Uh, I, I believe in the, for the context of the show, it's like 90, 10. She thinks mm-hmm. he was lying. And if you watch the after show, Bella Ramsey even kind of like said that she knows he's lying. So she played it that way intentionally. So thinking about, we already know we're going to get a season two. The lie has to be in the background of what we expect season two to deal with. Mm -hmm. At some point that is going to come up in their relationship. They will have to address the lie at some point. And how will that happen? how will it change their dynamic? Will that, will that cause everything to split? It'll be, it'll be great to see when we get it. Yeah. I, I still am going to say, I do not think humanity is ready for season two, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not, uh, (laughs) I mean, I want it. I I think I'm ready. I know that I'm not. Yeah. Um, it might be, I have a day lined up where I'm taking the day off of work after. Um, (laughs) But um, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to see anybody. I just, I want season two. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I mean, Rob, any other points that you want to touch on in, in this episode? No, let's, uh, let's rank this thing. Yeah. We're going to grab some popcorn and I'm going to go first. I don't think this should be any surprise by how we've talked about this. This is another five for me. This is the first show ever that we have done, uh, whether it be, you know, me and you, Rob, me, you and Harrison. Uh, This is the first show where every episode has earned five buckets of popcorn or when we, uh, you know, review the, the, the show a little different back then, but it was still out of five. Um, this is, this is still five buckets. This is a perfect season for me. Um, the absolute benchmark for an adaptation that I have seen perfect casting, perfect locations. Everything about this is just, it is top, top notch. I can't say enough about what this show has done. Again, it's almost surreal that nine weeks have come and gone. Like this is done and over with. Um, it felt like we just talked about this and it, it's sad to see it be done because like I said, like this has been, I need to be home Sunday night before nine o'clock so that I can watch it. And not just because, oh, we're going to talk about this right after, like we did for most episodes. We we had to skip one where we reviewed it a couple days later. But that's just how much I connected to this show. I needed to be home. And then again, in a day and age when it's at your fingertips, whenever you want it, that is a rare thing. That is strength of execution. That is why this deserves, you know, the 45 buckets that I have given it across nine episodes. It it has just been peak entertainment. And I'll I'll just repeat myself if I say anything else. So I'll turn it to you. 
And it's going to be hard for me not to just repeat what you said. Um, <laughs> it's five five buckets as well. Of course, obviously, yes. Like you, the listener, you've been you've been with us through nine episodes of of the review, so you knew this was coming. You had to know this was coming because you yourself are giving this this five buckets, and the series as a whole is seventy five buckets. Like it's it's indescribable, and what what makes me happy as a nerd sitting in his basement right now talking about a video game show. What makes me happy is that, and we've mentioned this many, many times before, but the concept of what a gamer is and who a gamer is, is continuing to change. It doesn't have the stigma that it once did. What does this do to people's ideas of what video games are? There's still going to be your holdouts. You know, Mm -hmm. just like Scorsese's never going to say a nice word about the MCU. He's jealous. He's jealous of the money they're making. He's jealous of all the people they're going to see it and not his movies instead. So you kind of see that. But there's there's always going to be holdouts like that that will never acknowledge video games as being a capable vehicle for communicating a compelling story. Yep. Well, this show just took anybody who was still a holdout on that and said, Listen, you can have any opinion you want to have. You can even have the opinion that The Last Jedi was a good movie. It's not, but you can have that opinion. <laughs> Your opinion would be wrong. You can have the opinion that video games are not capable of of communicating an excellent story, but then you watch this show that it was a near flawless adaptation of of the story of the game and still try to cling to that argument. It becomes much more challenging. Now, if horror survival games are not your thing, if that just isn't your genre of TV, okay, I'll, I'll kind of say like if you're not, if you don't think you would want to watch this, okay, but you still can't deny the type of story that this was capable of, and the fact that it was able to translate. You know, my fear is that <clears throat> because Hollywood is such a copycat place all of a sudden you're going to start seeing a lot of checks being written by all these different streaming services trying to justify their seven ninety nine a month or whatever. A lot of them are up to now. It's right. I think Netflix is like 10 bucks a month now or something. Um, HBO, I think is like 10 bucks a month. How many more games do we get greenlit and how many of them are not going to be able to compete with this? And I've, I, there's certainly been lists circulating that people have been publishing online. You know, what would be the right games to adapt? You know, certainly they're talking about Final Fantasy. Good luck with that. Yeah. Um, well, we've got we've got God of War and we've got Tomb Raider. Those are two definites. Those are yeah. happening. The, the one that I would really like to see is I'd like to see Red Dead Redemption. But the second one, start with would, the second one, then tell the first one. I would love to see that. I still think, you know, um, well, eh. Jeez, you know, Gears of War has been one that has been up in the air for over a decade of is it a movie? Certainly there's been talks now about developing it. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's so many properties that you could sit there and say, okay, um, you know, would. I don't know, would would Uncharted have benefited from this? Instead of being a movie. That's kind of forgettable. You know? Like, well, yeah. It wasn't I, a bad I, movie. But no. it's not going to make anybody's top ten. No, not not at all. But, yeah, I, I mean, you would think after this is all said and done, currently it sits at a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. And again, is that always the benchmark and 
you know, the right thing to use? No, certainly not. But you can't help but sit there and go 96. How, you know, studios and, and like you said, services have seen that. Okay. What do we bring to the table to sit there as prices have increased? Oh, you want ad free, you know, you want ad free HBO max. That's 1599 instead of 1499. And then in a year, I'm sure pricing will go up again. You know, HBO max will be 1699 or, you know, ad program, whatever that, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, are, are more and more of these services going to look and go, okay, well, we have to get one of these on our platform to get somebody interested. What properties do they do? But do they fall into those pitfalls of, well, we're not going to follow it because video games can't do that. Video games alone, if you just adapt the story in the game, people aren't going to be invested. No, we have to add all of the, you know, we have to, like the Halo show did, oh, fans don't know what they want. We we know what Halo fans want from Halo. This is what they want. They don't want us to just take the first game and do what The Last of Us did. No, we, we want to add all this weird, you know, stuff from the, like, Again, I, th- this is not the time to get into it, but will other studios follow that suit? Th- they know better than what The Last of Us did. You know, Hollywood is a copycat sort of town, and it's also a very arrogant sort of town. They can tell us how to live. They can tell us what to think. They can tell us how to vote, and they're going to tell us what we should watch at the uh, on TV and, and on the big screen. And, you know, the the smartest thing was including Neil Druckmann in this. Mm -hmm. And you can tell in all of the behind the scenes stuff, the people who worked on this, the makeup effects artists were really passionate about holding true to the fans expectations for it. You have to do that. There there was, there was love behind this. Yeah. That's the path. That's how you create something like this again. And, you know, I think, was it risky trying to tell the entire story of the first game in one season. Could they have milked the entire first game into two seasons by padding out? I mean, you think about the third episode uh, telling the story of Bill and Frank, not at all a big moment of the game. In fact, I barely remembered that it even happened. Right. Um, It it didn't stand out to me. It's a long time since I played it, but it, it didn't stand out to me as anything significant. You could have completely skipped that episode and I wouldn't have noticed. I, you could have done four or five more of those easily, easily and moved the first game into two seasons, 18 episodes, not even an issue. Add more action, add more run-ins with the infected, add more clickers, add more bloaters and whatever a bloater turns into. If it mutates again, you could have done that. And they chose not to because they had a story they wanted to tell of way they wanted to tell it. And it was far more effective than if they would have stretched it. Mm-hmm. But it is risky to the network because now you don't have people that are going to continue to stay subscribed. Potentially, if this was what they plunked their money down for, you know, our friend Harrison is not a subscriber at HBO Max, but he's thinking about subscribing just to be able to watch this show. Somebody like him, if you don't have 
you know, you can, you can tell the entire second game in, in the second season, I suppose, but only those two seasons, you lose those subscribers potentially. So it's risky, but I appreciate that they chose to do it the way they did it and do it the right way instead of do it the financially responsible way. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the rest, the restraint that they showed with this season. Um, it was phenomenal. Like I've said, it is. Like what's your biggest complaint about this season? Um, Do you have one? Can you even think of one? My my biggest complaint is that it's over. But again, like that's <laughs> that it just it feels like a stupid thing to say because of the fact that. Uh, again, I, I absolutely love it. It's just it it is sad that like. Oh, well, all right. What do I do on like, what do I do on Sunday now? Like what's what's filling this nine o'clock slot on Sunday? Uh, I got nothing. Yeah. You know, um, who knows? But yeah, th- this has been an incredible, incredible ride. What a fantastic journey. The, the last of us has been. It's been incredibly exciting. Uh, boy, I, I just. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And again, this will be the benchmark for anything that comes after it, uh, what comes after it. And it will be very interesting to see how long it takes for season two to start shooting. If they're not already in pre-production on it, I'd be shocked. Maybe 24. We get it. Right. It'd be hard to think 24. I don't know. Maybe 25. I don't want to wait that long. Yeah, no, I, I just. You know, I feel I I don't know. I I mean, they certainly were able. And again, this is a totally different kind of production, but, you know, Scream 6 just came out. I've got a review for that coming up, but that was able to be out a year after Scream 5 hit theaters. Um, they, They were able to turn around and produce another movie. Um, and I won't say my thoughts on whether that's a good or a bad thing, but it certainly has been done. Now, a lot of the times it doesn't really work out if you rush it. Um, but if everybody back is involved and they maybe already had a plan, is it feasible for this to be even end of 2024? Maybe this releases end of 2024 and not, you know, early well you know i'm hoping it doesn't get in the way but you know there's all the shenanigans and things going on with warner and this is going to split up and that's going to split and we're hearing about how this is going to merge that's going to merge dc as a whole their film universe is such a mess right now like do they look at all this and say no we need a hit we need another hit we need to capitalize on this and try to get it as quickly as they can i i don't know it's hard to say but uh, I will watch literally every episode with bated breath. Cannot wait for it. Yeah. So uh, listeners, uh, thank you so, so much for joining us for this episode. Uh, Rob, before we sign off here, let's just remind listeners um, how they can contact us. Obviously they can look in the show notes, but let's give them the rundown. How does everybody stay in touch with the show? 
you know, listeners that are brand new to the show for this series, uh, can't say thank you enough for joining us throughout this. And we certainly hope you'll stick around and check out the other great content up and down the channel, both old and uh, forthcoming. There's so much great stuff coming. Something for everybody you will find here at Matt Goes to the Movie. So please make sure you subscribe to the show wherever it is that you downloaded this episode. And the another great way you can stay on top of everything happening with the show is to follow it on all of your favorite social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, plus an official Facebook group, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Reddit, uh, we're, we're everywhere you want to be. So uh, check out the show. You can email mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Your thoughts on this episode that you just watched, this entire series, any thoughts, any questions. If you're a fan of the game, did it live up to your expectations? If you're not, if you're, if you were not somebody who had played the game, but you live with somebody who did or know somebody who did, did this match the way they just fervently talked about it and then probably like frothed at the mouth even when they found out that this was going to become a show? Did it match your expectations? We would love to hear from you and uh, certainly hope that you will join us for future episodes here at Matt Goes to the Movies. Yep. Thank you so much, listeners. This has been incredible. Look forward to bringing you continued episodes, and we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.